Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. All right. Well, good morning. Welcome. Who knew how timely that last song was going to be, right? We're like singing about snow and uh, yeah, <laughs> spring's over, baby. <laughs> like we're just moving right back into the next winter. Uh, hey, I want to say welcome to Lighthouse Community. My name's Fritz. I'm one of the pastors here. Super glad you're here. I want to welcome our friends at Bluffton Community. If you're in Faustoria, you're joining us at Lighthouse Online. Thanks for being with us today. Um, it's going to be good, good morning. Um, as always, we are talking about saying yes to Jesus. Because uh, when people say yes to Jesus' leadership, it really does transform everything about them. And it's what we're created, uh, it's how we're created to live, right? Jesus made us to trust him. So I hope you're ready to jump into that. Uh, One thing I wanted to let you know about, uh, I mentioned it last week, want to bring it around today, uh, is we've got this 40 days of prayer guide. Um, So my son Levi's handing it up. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Um, But 40 days of prayer. Um, And so what this is partnering with is our Building to Change Lives campaign. And we thought, man, you know, just if prayer is not involved, we're just creating all kinds of challenges. Uh, we don't know that we're hearing from God. We're, we're walking in alignment with him. And so what we thought is it would be cool if our entire church family uh, just jumped in for 40 days praying together. And so what's going to happen is uh, everybody's going to receive uh, one of these prayer guides. And what's cool about it is you can come in each day. It's a different theme. There's a different scripture. And you can underline, you can draw, you can write reflections, uh, things you're praying about in there. Um, all really, really good. So everyone's going to receive one of these. You might have already uh, actually had one show up. The other thing is you can actually receive this as a daily email. So once a day, every day, starting tomorrow, for the next 40 days, you could have an email uh, show up in your inbox with the scripture, the prayer prompt, all of that. And if you want to sign up for that, you can do that using your connection card. Uh, We would love to be able to put that in your hands. So thanks a million, Levi. I appreciate that. Great, great job. Okay. So um, recently, um, I had caught this video of a person who had gotten stuck in a, like a stormwater channel. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like uh, this really high banks, and usually big cities use them. When there's rainwater, they kind of funnel that out of the city. Um, It's like concrete, uh, all of that kind of stuff. But for whatever reason, this person got stuck in the stormwater channel uh, during a storm. And so there's all kinds of water like rushing down this thing, and they can't get out, right? They're not able to climb up the bank because it's too steep. So somebody who was passing by said, I'm going to come and help. So they kind of shimmy down the side of the bank, go down there to help them. Well, now they're in the same position, right? Now they have two down there because he, he can't get up the bank either. And so then uh, another person goes, oh, I think I can help. So same thing, and now there's three. So uh, at one point, somebody up top uh, finally kind of got the idea you know what we ought to do? They start grabbing all kinds of bystanders and people walking by, and they make this human chain, right? You remember the old barrel of monkeys, right? Like, that's that's what it looked like. So you had, like, all these people chained up, going down. Uh, The guy at the top was, like, wrapped around a tree uh, to use as an anchor, uh, as a base. And so this human chain makes its way down the bank. They all link up, and they pull this person to safety. Uh, they get him up there, everybody's cheering, they're very excited, and, uh, and that's where the video ends. And as I thought about that video, 
you know, and I think about that, like, isn't that really what faith looks like, right? Like in that situation, it took a community clinging together to help another person. It took somebody at the top clinging to this very secure foundation, right? This firm base. And then together, they helped uh, each other through this whole situation. And so following Jesus is similar, right? We need a strong base. And that's the gospel, right? But then we also need one another. We need each other. And in John chapter 15, Jesus kind of makes that point with clarity. He's talking to his disciples, and in John 15, he says this. Uh, Some of you might know this from memory. He says, remain in me, right? And he says, I am the vine, you are the, the branches. Remain in me. Okay, And what Jesus is saying, he's saying this new lifestyle, this new uh, walking in relationship with God, right? recovered uh, by faith uh, in what I'm going to do and accomplish, that only maintains when you remain in me, and you keep remaining in me, and you stay connected to me. Right? That's the only way this thing works. And so he's making the point, you've got to cling to me. Right? You've got you've to hold on to me. And then, at the same time, Who's he talking to? He's talking to all of his disciples, and he's saying, you all together have got to cling to me. Right? If you're gonna, if, and, and by the way, I'm going to cling to you. Right? And so together, this is what that new relationship with Jesus and, and walking in fellowship with him, with him looks like. And so as I think about that more and more in, in, in all the scripture, really, I mean, really following Jesus involves clinging to two things the gospel, and to other growing disciples. When we're talking about following Jesus, it involves clinging to the gospel and to other growing disciples. Because this is a family thing, right? This is a family thing. Uh, Following Jesus is not an isolated, privatized, individual manner uh, in which you just like hammer this thing out by yourself alone, right? Um, In fact, it's typically the people who try to follow Jesus alone, that try to follow him without anybody else, they're actually the ones that tend to struggle the most, right? They're, they're actually the ones that, that wrestle the most. Um, and isolated long enough, what can happen is, right, uh, uh, Jesus talks about in Matthew 13, actually that gospel seed that was planted can actually become, start to be choked out by the worries of this life can actually start to be snuffed out uh, out of fear and isolation, right? All of that stuff. And so when you look at faith, you begin to realize this is not about figuring it out on your own. You know, that's something that I had to realize uh, in my own life. Because early on in my own faith, um, I tried really hard to do it by myself, right? Because I didn't know any other way to do it, right? Um, and so I'm like trying to maintain my personal devotions by myself. I'm trying to battle sin by myself. Um, I'm trying to do ministry like by myself, all of that. And, and quite frankly, uh, I was mediocre at best, right? Um, on my best day. And, and then on top of that, like I would swing between these wild extremes, right? Like on the one hand, I would chase after God, trying to get these spiritual highs to remind me, oh, yeah, yeah, like I, I am a Christian and I do belong to him because if not, I wouldn't have that chill down my spine, you know? And it's like I realize you can have a cold and get a chill down your spine, right? <laughs> that doesn't mean it's Jesus. Um, and, but then I'd go from that and I'd swing all the way to like this overwhelming guilt 
and like wondering if I even was a Christian and like just going, man, I don't even know what all this even means and what it's about. And I'm like going through all of these swings uh, in my life. And the crossover for me was two things, right? One, it was including, I started including other people in my walk with Jesus, right? Talking with them, praying with them, uh, sharing things, uh, all of that kind of stuff. And then the other one was really what I would say discovering the gospel of Christ. And I'm going to talk more about that a little bit later. Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you can relate to my experience, right? Maybe, maybe you, uh, you sense that uh, feel of isolationism, right? Uh, Stiff-arming other people. Maybe you're trying really, really hard to be a better person. Um, maybe you keep people at arm's length. Maybe you sense the desire to know Christ more, but you keep kind of hitting this wall, and you're not really sure how to break through. Here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Whether you're in the house or you're joining us online, I'm going to ask you to dial in for the next few minutes because I have a thought that this morning could actually be a catalyst for you personally and for the lives of the people around you as well to see some of this breakthrough of following Jesus uh, even more closely and remaining in him the way that he invites us to. So um, if you would, uh, turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1. That's in the New Testament, kind of in the middle. Uh, you get past Romans, First and Second Corinthians, all of that. You'll find Galatians chapter 1, or you click over there in your device. We're actually kicking off this brand new series today called Reverse the Curse. And what we're going to be doing is leading up to Easter for the next few weeks is we're going to look at the first few chapters of Galatians, which really exposes how Jesus set us free from this uh, curse of sin and death. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to clearly define what the gospel is. We're going to clearly talk about how Jesus rescues us from that, reverses that curse in our lives, um, and how to put our faith in him. So it's going to be really, really good. Hope you'll hang out with us leading up to Easter. So uh, I'm going to read the first few verses in Galatians chapter 1, and then I'm going to kind of just tell you some of the story that Paul tells himself in Galatians 1 and 2. Uh, so that's where we're going to go. So let's start in Galatians chapter 1. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. You can follow along on what you have or on the screen. Uh, we'll be fine. But it says this, Paul, this is who's writing the letter, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, and then this is who the letter's to, to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm, I am astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say it again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Now, uh, there is a lot of content um, in these passages, just this short start to Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia. 
And so what I want to do is look at three truths uh, today and then kind of what does that mean for us. So here's the first thing that becomes really clear when you're reading these passages. And the first truth is this. There's no substitute for the true gospel. Uh, that, that's screaming off the pages, right? There's no substitute for the true gospel. Uh, the reason that Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians is because they had deserted the true gospel, right? Uh, Paul likens the Galatians. He says, you're, you're like a soldier who has gone AWOL from his army, like you have ran away from your army in the middle of battle even, and, and actually you've deserted the gospel so significantly, it's like you've switched sides in the middle of the war. This is how strong Paul's language is here, right? What had happened is some other teachers had come into these Galatian churches and convinced them that the only way to be a real Christian was if you became a Jew first. If you're not a Jew, then you can't actually be a real Christian, right? Uh, and so you've got to follow the dietary restrictions, right? We're all eating kosher now. Uh, you know, you've got to follow the festivals. Um, you've, you've, got to, you've got to be circumcised, right? And so it's like, okay. Uh, so, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> So, but, but these teachers are coming and saying, my brain went somewhere and I stopped. Uh, so, I'm growing, guys, right? Like, right in front of you, the Holy Spirit is transforming me. Uh, it's amazing, it's amazing. So, so, what these people are saying is they're saying, listen, you've got to submit to religion if you want God to accept you. That, that, that's what they're teaching. And the Galatians bought it, by the way. They, they dove right in for some reason, and so they substituted religion for the grace of Christ. They were, they were changing the gospel, is what they were doing. And, and Pastor Tim Keller got it right when, when he wrote this. He said, when you revise the gospel, you reverse the gospel. When you revise the gospel, you reverse the gospel. And so what he's saying is um, a revised version of the gospel, right? The gospel is meant to, to set you free. And when you change it, it actually puts you deeper into prison and slavery than you ever realized, right? And so when you change the simplicity of the gospel, you distort it. And using Paul's language, you desert it, right? You run away from it. There's, there's just no substitute for the true gospel, okay? That, that's the first thing. Here's the second thing. The true gospel comes from God and no one else. You got to know that. The true gospel comes from God and no one else. That's really the driving point that Paul makes in the rest of uh, chapter one. Uh, he tells a story. He goes, listen, I met the resurrected Jesus Christ when I was on my way to go arrest and kill Christians, okay? That's where I was in my life when Jesus showed up. And, and in the process of that, not only did Jesus reveal himself to me, and I put my faith in him, but he also revealed the gospel to me, right? He taught me, he showed me the gospel. No one else did, right? It wasn't the apostles in Jerusalem. It wasn't other disciples who had come to see me. It wasn't the church. It was Jesus who showed me and taught me the gospel. I didn't reason my way into the gospel. I didn't debate my way into the gospel, right? 
I, I didn't argue my way into the gospel or think my way in. I met Jesus and I believed. That's, that's what Paul says in his story in the rest of chapter 1, right? And by the way, that's the starting point of true faith, okay? Like, your work is to believe in Jesus. That's the work of being a Christian, right? Is to believe, is to put your trust. And so some of us, right, we are like doubling down and trying to figure this thing out and follow all the loopholes and tie all the loose ends so that we have no more questions ever again in our life. And then once that whole thing is buttoned up nice and good, then we'll be able to believe. But that actually doesn't work that way. Belief is first. Understanding comes later. That's, that's the nature of faith. That's what Jesus is calling us to, okay? And now maybe you're wondering, you're going, okay, well, you've been saying this term, the gospel, like multiple times this morning. What is that? <laughs> when you say gospel, what do you mean by the gospel? Well, in fact, Paul tells us what the gospel is in Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. And so let's do this. Actually, let's put that verse on the screen and let's read this verse out loud because this is the gospel in one verse, essentially. So we're going to read this out loud, starting with Jesus gave his life. Are you ready? Go. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. That's the gospel. <laughs> That's the gospel in one verse, right? In one sentence, uh, basically. Now, here's what that means. I'm going to tell you really quick what that means. It means we're all sinners, that's what that verse means. You know what? We're all stuck in the storm channel, and we can't get out. And, and Jesus came, and he paid the debt that we owed for our sin by dying on the cross. And Jesus is the only one who can rescue us from being washed away and losing our lives, right? That's the true gospel, that's the basic simplicity of it. That's, by the way, that's what sets Christianity apart from any other religion ever. Okay? Here's what I mean by that. The gospel message is this, that in Christ, God accepts us, and then we follow him. Okay? That's the message of the gospel. That in Christ, God accepts us, and then we follow him. But religion's message is very, very different. Religion says this, you give something, and then God will accept you. You've got to give something first, and then God will accept you. Do, do you see how those two messages are just diametrically opposed? I mean, they are opposite ends of the spectrum. They can't even come together next to each other in any way whatsoever. Right? They're opposed. And so, right, like, what's interesting is, like, only God could come up with something like the gospel of Jesus. No, no one else could pull that thing off. Like, that whole message and that whole idea is remarkable. Um, and, and that's why the gospel comes from God and no one else. Here's, here's the last truth I'll throw out to you really quick, um, is that the true gospel brings unity among growing disciples. 
Okay? The true gospel brings unity among growing disciples. So Paul tells the story. He says, listen, I came to faith. Nobody taught me the gospel. Jesus taught it to me. And then he goes on a little bit further and says, you know, for 14 years, I was traveling around with a team, and we were sharing the gospel in all of these other places, these other cities, these other religions. Disciples are, are being made. Churches are forming. The gospel's going out. Lives are being transformed. And in the, under the leading of the Holy Spirit, Paul said, I knew I had to go to Jerusalem. And I knew I had to go to Jerusalem because the Spirit was leading me there. Because what I wanted to do, I knew I had the true gospel, but I wanted to just affirm that with the apostles in Jerusalem. I wanted to affirm that with the leaders in Jerusalem. So he went, and, and, he, and he meets up with them, and he shares his gospel with them. And do you know what happened? Galatians chapter 2 puts it this way. It says, the apostles in Jerusalem, right? James, Peter, and John. It says they did this. They extended to me the right hand of fellowship, okay? Now, for you and me, we're thinking handshake, right? I don't know, you're thinking like, you know, Zambia's warming up. You know, you got your little, uh, you know, your startup and whatever. That's not what this is, right? Um, what, what the right hand of fellowship meant is this. There's alignment. There is total alignment between us. There's total agreement between us. We are part, we're in unity. We are partnering in the same exact gospel. And what's amazing, they extend the right hand of fellowship and they don't add anything to Paul's gospel. They don't correct Paul's teaching in any way whatsoever. Actually, you know what they say in Galatians 2? He recounts the story. He says, actually, we made the decision. They said, we're going to keep ministering to the Jews because there's unique challenges with that. We're going to share the true gospel with the Jews. Paul, you keep going out and you keep sharing the true gospel with the Gentiles. We're going to partner up in ministry. And we're not going to send like this oversight committee to make sure everything's going right. And, you know, it's like, no, go. You've already been doing it. This is great. Make it happen, right? And so this means two things. It means that Paul's gospel was from the Lord and that Paul's gospel is the true gospel, right? That's, that's what this meant. And so the true gospel will always bring unity among growing disciples, okay? I say that very uh, strategically. The true gospel will bring unity among growing disciples. Do you know what brings division? Personal preference, religion, my way of doing things, working to earn God's favor, all of that is to the side of the gospel. And that's what brings division. The true gospel always brings unity among growing disciples, right? Because the true gospel is led under the leadership of Jesus Christ and under the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the outflows of the Holy Spirit at work in somebody's life, is unity around the gospel and the mission, right? So, so there's this thread that is moving through this, these passages and through these truths. I don't know if you saw it, um, but it's where, it's where we started, right? We started with the idea that, uh, that a Christ follower needs two things to follow Christ well. They cling to the true gospel, and they cling to community. And so, as followers of Christ, our greatest urgency is always to cling to the gospel. 
Right? It's always to cling to the gospel. And if not, what happens is, right, every one of us, right, it doesn't matter, we're all susceptible to religion. We're all susceptible to attempting to earn God's acceptance instead of enjoying him, instead of simply just worshiping him out of love and gratitude. And one of the most effective ways that we can cling to the gospel is when we cling to one another. Right? And so let me say this. You and I, we need a spiritual family to help us cling to the gospel. We need a spiritual family that will help us cling to the gospel. Uh, in fact, we had somebody share a story recently um, about how uh, this spiritual family uh, helped them take next steps in knowing Jesus and cling to the gospel a little bit, tight, a little bit more tightly. So I want you to listen to Riley's story today. Hi, I'm Riley Garmater. I got baptized out at Lighthouse Community Church and I just want to tell you a little bit about my journey. My parents have really good faith and they did a really good job of raising me to understand that faith. I remember I was about 14 in my church service and I heard my pastor talk about talking to Jesus like he's your best friend. And in that moment I was like, yep. Like, that's cool. And I would say that's when my relationship with Jesus really started to grow. Um, I then kind of fell out of that relationship in high school. But I also had a heartbreak in high school. And that heartbreak led me to know Jesus in a whole new way. He revealed himself to me in ways I didn't know actually existed that were actually possible it's when i started to rely on the lord and love him and lean into his promises it kind of starts with like seriously thinking about it when i started attending bluffton community church um i wrote in november in my church notebook um dear lord do i get baptized and in january Jesus spoke to me when it was said, you already have my grace. It's just about making it public. And I had already made it public. The Lord had been working in my life. I have amazing friends who have helped me in ministry. I have had amazing community. I have had amazing friendships, relationships formed that are all Christ-centered and kingdom-based and kingdom-driven. And the Lord is just working in my life and he is helping me reach other people and that's been amazing but baptism like I said is something that's always been on my heart and so in lots and lots of prayer I realized that everything that Jesus needs from us is love right he doesn't need anything from us he we need him and we need to rejoice in him the lord says rejoice in him for he is good and he is good and so that day in church when i realized that relationship is there and it's between me and the lord i knew i needed to say yes to jesus and yes to baptism and i'm so happy i did and so you can hear her story, right? It's like there's lots of people involved in that. There's like, you know, multiple uh, steps along the way. That's, what, that's what's happening here in Paul's letter to the Galatians, right? He's, Paul's helping them to cling to the true gospel. He's like, listen, you're, you're going after this other thing, cling to the real one. And so in the same way that the Galatians needed Paul, we need one another to help us cling to the true gospel as well. Now, there's a number of ways that we can help each other do this. Here's the first one, is you just have to know what the true gospel 
gospel is, right? You got to start there. You have to know what the true gospel is. And there are countless passages in the Bible that help us understand the gospel. So we read one today already, Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, right? That's, that's one. Here's another one, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, right? That's Jesus saying, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, You can look at Romans chapter 5, verse 8, right? This is how we know that God loved us, or God loves us, right? Um, That while we're still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, right? And, And so those are just a couple of passages that I would encourage you, like, record those, write those down, get familiar with them, Uh, Even take the step of memorizing them, right? Write that passage out a couple of times, maybe on a note card, maybe in your notebook, and committing that to memory, uh, meditating on them, thinking about them. You know, that's something I've been doing. Uh, For a while, I've been going through just large amounts of biblical content, uh, and just recently, I kind of stopped and said, you know what? I just need to hang on one verse for a while. And so for me, I've been living in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, for about seven days. Um, just keep going back to that, uh, thinking deeply and exploring uh, what all of that means and, and what Christ was saying in that moment. Um, you know, I shared a little bit about how I was kind of caught up in doing things on my own, and there was a passage that God used to help me desert religion and cling to the gospel. Uh, it's actually Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. 10 is also very important, but 8 and 9 was the, the, were the passages that God really spoke to me in that day. And many of you might be familiar with that, but it's like, for by grace, uh, or, yeah, excuse me, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, so that no one can boast, right? So I remember reading the Bible one day, and I came across this passage. I'd read it before, but this time the Holy Spirit like opened my eyes and woke me up to the meaning behind this thing. I mean, it was like coming off the page so loudly, it felt like the Spirit just like, you know, just like slapping me awake and going, you got to understand this thing. Because you have to know, uh, just a little backstory, I had been a part um, of a church that had a bent towards religion, okay? Had a bent that was heavy on works, and so I, I was bent that way a little bit as well. So one day when I'm reading this passage, uh, the Holy Spirit opens my eyes, and I saw for like the first time that I wasn't the one who saved myself. Jesus did. And I was like, oh, that's what this passage means, that it's an act of grace that I simply receive and I put my faith in it. I actually can't earn it. I can't do anything to pay God back. It's simply a gift. And by nature, this gift is very humbling, right? And it became so real to me in that moment, it felt scandalous, okay? It felt scandalous. Here's why. Because of the church that I was a part of, right? Heavy, heavy works. You got to do stuff right. You, You know, all this kind of stuff, it felt scandalous that on the one hand, I wanted to tell everybody what I had just read and discovered in the scripture. In the same point, I'm going, I can't tell anybody because then they'll think like I'm one of those Christians that, that believes that God just forgives people. <laughs> right? I can't let people know I think that. <laughs> right? Like I'm, and here's the kicker. Here's the kicker on that. 
let me get transparent with you. So when I had discovered this, I had already been following Jesus for about 10 years. And I was in the second year as the senior pastor of my first church when this truth came real to me. And I've got to tell you, this understanding of grace, this understanding of what Jesus Christ has done for me, more than anything else in my life, has transformed me, right? You have to know that, right? It was because of truth from Scripture. And so clinging to the gospel is what's transformed who I am. Now, now we are all prone toward religion, right? We're all prone to earning our way to God, and, but, but that's where a spiritual family will actually help to remind you of the true gospel again and again. You know, I have some friends in my life who they remind me who God is, and they remind me who I am in Jesus Christ. And I'm not accepted because I performed really, really, really well. And I did more good stuff than I did bad stuff, and so the Father's really happy with me, right? Like, that's, that's not what it's about. It's actually I'm saved because Jesus has done the work. And I put all of my faith and I put all of my trust in him, and he transforms me through that. And so it's like, what else can I do? But, like, worship and love this God who has done this for me. So he's, like, changing me and transforming me. My life is being changed and my desires are being transformed. And so the church, actually, we remind each other of that. When we gather together for worship on Sunday mornings, we remind one another of what the true gospel is. When we gather together in small groups or in one-on-one discipleship, we remind one another of what the true gospel gospel is. We remind one another of what the true gospel is when we pray for one another. Listen, God uses the church, uses this spiritual family, one another, to help us cling to the true gospel, right? So here's the challenge for some of us, and myself included, again, right, just being, being bare with you, is we have to choose community, For many of us, what we have to do is we actually have to choose community. We have to intentionally fight for relationships. You might not know this, but by nature, I'm an introvert. I'm a loud one, but I'm I'm an introvert, right? I'm not an extrovert. A lot of people go, oh, no, you're an extrovert, but I'm not, right? Actually, I enjoy being alone. I get energy by thinking. I get energy by being by myself, right? Um, I get energy by reading. Um, and so when I'm with lots and lots of people, actually it uses lots and lots of my energy. So like if you've ever tried to text me or call me on Sunday afternoons, usually I'm crashed. Right? I'm like, you know, I am spent, I am out. Um, and so it just costs me to be around lots of people. And listen, there are many times I don't want to do small group. Just being straight up. There's times I don't want to work in teams. There's times when I don't want to be around people, but, but I fight for relationship. I do my best to battle through the awkward because I know that I need my spiritual family to help me cling to the true gospel, right? And so for some of us in this room, some of us who are joining online, you and I, we have to start battling for relationship. We have to start fighting for community. And what that might look like, it might look like something as simple as taking the step of asking a prayer partner on Sunday morning to pray for you, right? That might be step one, inviting someone else in. It might be signing up for your first small group. It might be asking someone 
to uh, meet up with you for discipleship. But it also means this, right? It, it also means that those of you who are great at relationships and you thrive on community and all of that, right? It also means you've got to show us some grace who aren't great at it, right? Like, you've got to remind us that we're accepted, not based on, like, really good interpersonal relationship skills, uh, but actually we're accepted because we're made in the image of God, and, and you'll love us no matter what, whether we perform well or we're weird, right? Like, it's, it's right, because we belong to God. We need a spiritual family that will help us cling to the gospel. Now, here's just a practical idea to get you started. I've shared a couple, but here's one that you might consider taking. Uh, actually, this Wednesday at 6 o'clock, uh, Larry had mentioned we've got a membership class. And so during that class, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the gospel, and we're going to talk about how you can take next steps into the family, right? Like, that's what that thing looks like. And so uh, it's those things to a T. And so uh, if that's something you're interested in, uh, it's actually on the back of your Blue Connection card. Check that next step. Um, and you can, you can be a part of that and, and, and jump in on it, right? That might be one step that you could take to help you take a next step in growing and clinging to a spiritual family to help you cling to the gospel. But I hope you've seen clearly from the passage that it's only, only the true gospel saves, right? Nothing else. There's, there's no substitute. It's only the true gospel that transforms people, Right? And I want to tell you this, that whether you're here, like in the house, whether you're at Bluffton, you're Fostoria, or you're Lighthouse Online at your house, or wherever it is that you might be, I want you to know this, right? It's like, you have a spiritual family here at Lighthouse Community. And what we want to do is we want to help you cling to the true gospel. More than anything else, that's what we want to do. And we need you right? We need you to help us cling to the the true gospel as well. Um, And it's amazing, right? It's remarkable when we do that as a family. So I'd like you to bow your heads and to close your eyes. We we ask this question uh, every time we get together, and it's a very simple question, but it's a profound question, right? And it's this, Jesus, what are you saying to me right now through this message? What are you saying to me through this, through the Bible? And I want to give you an opportunity to listen. You know, I don't know what Jesus would be saying to everybody, but I can take a couple guesses based on my own journey, where some people might be at, right? It's like uh, maybe Jesus is asking you to start relying on the spiritual family, right? Um, Pressing in, right? Pushing through the awkward, battling for relationship and engaging, right? It could be uh, like dialing into what is the true gospel, what, what, how does the Bible describe that? What does that look like and what does that mean? It could be that this morning, today, it's taking the step of prayer, right? And so if you've been around Lighthouse, you know we love praying for one another. And so here's what we're going to do. The band's going to lead us in one more song. And as they're leading us in that song, 
We're going to have prayer leaders who are going to be available in, in every corner of the room, right? One will be up here by the cross, one over here on my left or right, uh, one back by the sound booth, one guarding the double doors on your way out, right? And so, uh, hey, here, by the way, here's what I'm going to ask everybody um, is like, uh, just kind of hang here with us. Um, unless you've got an emergency, we just ask nobody to leave the room just yet, um, unless you've got something going on. But... Um, you know, this is an opportunity to really engage and trust God by faith in this moment, right? And, and you don't have to be a member to receive prayer, right? You don't have to be in a demographic, right? You don't have to be going through the absolute worst thing you can ever come up with in your life to want to receive prayer. You know, there's sometimes I'll come up and I'll actually say, hey, will you praise God with me? This good thing happened and I want you to know, will you praise God with me, right? So that's what it looks like. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to pray for you, and then I want to invite you to take that next step as well. So let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every single person who needs prayer right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.